the Next Level Contractor Podcast. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. And we're coming at you every Monday at 7 a.m. No bullshit in 30 minutes or less. Eat bread and desserts and just get all fat and sassy. Helping small businesses and construction companies be more profitable with better leads and better systems. And today we're on the better systems side, and we, we've invited a management consultant, Tony Booth, onto the, the podcast. What's up, Tony? Hey, Tim. How are you today, man? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I'm doing great, and I'm excited to chat with you about this. I guess technically I, I have a little bit of uh, seasonal, seasonal depression right now, but you know what? I just want to be honest about my mood, <laughs> but realistically... Um, business is good and, uh, I'm grateful to be here overall. That's awesome. I, I get that little hangover too, from the time change. It's always a mess. Yeah. So I don't actually have management consultants on the podcast that, uh, that often. So I think it's going to be useful for our guys. Yeah. I think it would be great for them to, uh, hear a little bit of the side of, you know, the business side. I know I, I love your podcast. It's got a lot of great stuff for marketing and, and uh, you know, share with my clients all the time to make sure they check it out. So I think it'd be great to give your audience a little bit of insight on the management side of things. So I already know because we've had a conversation that I'm likely going to try to have you on at least a couple more times after this. Um, but this particular topic is the contractor management coach shares success formula for contractors. So we're going to be talking about right people with the right tools on the right projects for right clients equals success, right? That's your, yeah. your formula. That's so my, my formula. <laughs> I want to start with what, what uh, people need to avoid. Well, he, here's where this came from, and, and I use this all the time with everybody because I, I do – I get calls all the time. I get working with contractors and, and everybody's always looking for that, that silver bullet, right? That, that quick fix. And they've read some post somewhere or listened to somebody say, Oh, do this and you're going to be successful. And they think that they can like flip a switch and be successful. And there's people out there selling that every day. And it's just not the case. I mean, I'm sure you run into that all the time on uh, the marketing side. Cause I know I see it all the time. Absolutely. And I think that you leave yourself very vulnerable to snake oil salesmen and bullshit artists when you're looking for that quick fix because they see that from a mile away. And frankly, they're going to leave you regretful and uh, a little sad if you, if you, if you take their, their enticement into the, the, art, the black arts of quick fixing, basically. Yeah, exactly. And, and I always you know, try to warn everybody, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, then, you know, really think about it. Cause half of those people that I see out there selling these things, they've never sold a product or they've never run a business or they've never, you know, if they have run a business, it's been one business and they haven't had, you know, a great depth of experience. And, and they're just out there trying to say, Oh, they put a touchy, uh, uh, you know, a, a flashy title on it and get everybody to spend a bunch of money with them. What's your background, just real quick, so we can give, get these uh, contractors to understand kind of where you're coming from? Yeah, so I, I, I grew up uh, in a family-owned business. We did uh, heavy highway construction, about, about $3 million a year, kind of a small business, you know, family-owned thing. 
uh, did that for a while. I went to college, got a civil engineering degree at Georgia Tech and went back to the family business for a while and, and worked there. And then uh, I left that business and went to work for one of the largest businesses in the world, uh, actually in vertical construction. And so uh, going to work for them and seeing how some of the big businesses do it with processes and procedures and, and how they really pay much more attention to the actual business itself. How many million, how many million dollars in business did that company do? Just curious. They did on average about 8 billion a year at that time. Okay. Probably, so not a small, not a small business. So you've no. had, you've had the, uh, the pleasure of working on small businesses and the large business, right? So uh, absolutely went from both extremes. So what got me into, uh, kind of going to this level of coaching was after I got working in that large business and, and helped a lot of the contractors that worked with me on projects. I really enjoyed helping the small business. And I realized how much I had learned from the large business and said, man, if I took some of those processes and procedures and had implemented them into a small business, how much more successful would I have been? Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's what kind of led me into the whole coaching thing and starting the contracting coach cast and basically sharing a lot of the tips and ideas I've learned through my career. And people want one secret. They, yeah. they talk to you. They say they, they want to, they want a 30 minute consultation and they want all their problems to be solved. So, and I'm being mildly spicy here because it, it is one of those things where it's the wrong mindset, right? So yeah. What, what is the secret to being successful and not a short five minute thing? Give us the long version. Right. So, so what I tell everybody, the, the, the closest I can get you to a silver bullet is, is what I call my success formula. Uh, and that's having the right people, giving them the right tools, putting them on the right projects, and, and working for the right clients. So those four pieces, if you can put those together properly, then you can be successful. Now, obviously, there's a lot to each one of those. And that's why I say it's, it's a formula for success, but it's not a silver bullet because you have to work hard in each area and, and pay attention to those. But if you focus on those four areas, then at least you're setting yourself up to be successful. I love it. I think this is going to apply to a lot of other small businesses besides contractors too. I think that even though your examples might be in contracting, like a lot of small businesses this is a really, really tight way to say it. Like, this is how you become profitable, basically. Yeah. Talk to us about right people. So the right people, when you look at that, it really comes on two sides uh, when you're looking at that. The first is in the company. You know, as a small business, you have to hire the right people. You have to have uh, the people that fit your company, that they're going to fit your culture and, and really be able to mesh with the rest of the team. Uh, so that's the first side is where they fit your company. And then the second side of right people is putting in, putting the people that match the project. And, you know, an extreme example of that is taking someone who uh, maybe they've been building parking lots their entire life and they know how to run equipment and, you know, put pavement down. And all of a sudden you have a, a project where you're doing a renovation to an office building. Well, putting that person in charge of renovating an office building they're lost. They don't have yeah, they the might, expertise. Yeah. And yeah, like I say, like uh, you can't judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. Um, and the point is, is that just because somebody's awesome 
and a really smart person and has a lot of skills. Those skills don't always transfer from one project to the next. Exactly. And, and, and not sorry, the, one thing I want to throw, yeah. I want to throw one more thing in here. I say, you know, that whole, do they get it? Do they want it? And do they have the capacity to do it? And I think that that's like a really nice, like really quick way to say, uh, the, well, sorry, one thing with want it, so they have to get it, want it, have the capacity to do it. And one thing with want it is, do they want to work for this company and do they want this role? So like they yeah. could want to work for your company, but if it's not the right role and they're just trying to sneak in the door, you got to make sure that there's actually a good fit for the role. And I think that's what you're saying too. But Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, there's, there's certain, and, and contractors, we all know there's different owners have different requirements. You know, if you go to work yeah. for, uh, you know, some industrial park or industrial factory, there's a whole lot of requirements around your safety and how you perform your work. And, and that's completely different from working in someone's house. And you can have a lot of knowledge and be a great craftsman and, and even be a great project manager. But if you don't know the rules and, and how it happens on that project, then you're going you're gonna to make mistakes. It doesn't have anything to do with the person being a bad project manager. They just didn't have the skill sets for that particular project. Yeah, exactly. So if you're talking about the second part of the success formula, the right tools, um, what are those, how should we be thinking about tools in this case? And um, what, what else should we know about the right tools? So on the right tools is where we really, where I really get into having systems in place in your business and having the, the tools that the people need to perform, uh, you know, and, and from a very simple aspect is think about a, a set of drawings. You, you got a team on a, on a project and there's a set of drawings on how to build the project. Well, if you don't have a way for those drawings to be available for everybody that's out there building the project and, and they're stuck in the main office, well, how are they going to know what they're building? Right. So you have to have systems in place inside your business, whether that's, you know, just for the drawing aspects, whether it's an app or, a, you know, a, a set of actual drawings sitting in an office trailer. But we have to have all those things thought out and, and processes around them. And, and a lot of times some of the tools come into what software are we using? Are we using software? Uh, do we have ways to track changes on the jobs? What are yeah. you know, who's responsible for that stuff? What do, you, what do you suggest if somebody doesn't have that stuff in place right now? Do you have any tool, specific tools? So I, I, depending on where they are in the, you know, the evolution of the business, if you're a real small business and you're kind of just getting started, you can use spreadsheets to accomplish this. Uh, you can use you know, systems like Trello, which allow you to you know, uh, set up some workflows. And, and I've actually got some people that run their entire uh, small business using Trello and some spreadsheets to track changes and stuff. Uh, but as you grow in your business, those things don't scale well. So again, you got to have the right tools. As you get on larger projects, you're going to be using systems like Procore or Co-Construct or, or one of those type systems that have that kind of all-in-one package uh, system to manage your business. And um, have you ever seen these tools really waste people's time and how do you avoid like time waster tools 
Oh yeah, there certainly is a lot of wasted time. Uh, I, and that's one of the things that I always tell everybody to follow the, you know, the, the KISS principle, keep it, keep it stupid simple, you know, because yeah. <laughs> some people get these, you know, they, they invest money into a, a system like a co-construct and, and they're great systems, but you can't get wrapped around the axle trying to spend so much time with all these systems and all this yeah. stuff that you're not building the project. We still have to build the project. So it's always an evaluation. And so with all my clients and everybody I talk about is we, we need to evaluate those things on a consistent basis and make sure that we're getting the value out of them, but we're not creating overburden on top of the people that are trying to perform the work. If, if you have a, you know, a, a carpenter out there and every day he has to spend two hours messing around with reports and, and apps on his phone and all this stuff to try to do his job, then you're losing two hours of productivity in the field. Exactly. And I think there is a correlation here with marketing stuff. So I kind of want to throw this out there is some people will buy like Salesforce or some kind of CRM and think that it's going to do the work for them. Um, these systems don't create leads. They just track them. So people get really distracted. And before they even have five leads a month, sometimes people get off track and are sitting here in a CRM thinking, you know, why aren't the leads pouring in? It's because the work, just like in, you know, construction, you got to do the actual work. And, and with your website and your marketing, you have to do the actual work. You have to be pushing on your social media. You have to be creating content on a regular basis. And you have to be doing other things that are going to increase. You have to be talking to your referral partners. You need to be getting systems in place for referrals. And that's where the, that's where the stuff comes from, not from the CRM. And I think that it kind of relates to this tool it, mindset and not getting too distracted by these tools. It certainly does. Cause that's exactly the, the same thing can happen, right? People think, Oh, well, I got this nice software to manage my project. How come I'm not, more mm -hmm. profitable now you know it, yeah. that goes back to that first thing a lot of the software companies tell you oh use our software and you know you're, you're going to be more profitable well no you're going to be profitable by putting the yeah. work in just like generating yeah. the content gets you're going to get your awareness right uh it's the same thing with the tools and one other part of the tools that i always make sure everybody understands it, it, those tools are also the the support and education that you're your employees need. Okay. We, we bring people in and, and it's our job as employers to, to educate our people, to, you know, to grow them and nurture them. And, and that's part of having those right tools is, is how are we training our people to work with our clients, to build their schedules better, or to manage their, you know, materials better. All of that stuff is, it, it's not just a click the button and fix it, right? You know, you have to work with that. And, and that's where some of the tools come in as well is, is educating and developing our people. I love that. And that's huge. And I think that people that do have that in place, that's probably the number one tip I'd say from this podcast so far is just if you're not developing your people and you're not giving them opportunities to develop, then you, you might be dropping the ball. You, you I, might absolutely. be leaving money on the table. Absolutely. And, and if we get, we could do another podcast, I'd love to talk more yeah. in depth on that whole thing. Let's uh, do that. Cause let's, that's a whole yeah. another thing that I always talk about is, and to me, 
just a little side note here, contractors, we think we can just put an ad in the paper and, and hire a carpenter and expect him to come in and work the way we want him to. Well, he may know how to use the tools, but we have to, we have to mentor him on how we do business. Exactly. That's really good, man. How about right projects? So the right projects is, is this one's uh, of all of them is the simplest uh, that I look at. Cause if you look at a project, there's, there's always, there's a type of project and, and from a type of project, I mean, is it doing something for like a residential homeowner or is it working for the store down the street, working for the city government or working for the federal government or some big corporation? And so that's your kind of types of projects that you'll work on. And, you know, one of the big things I always try to that demonstrates this real well is, is if you're used to building uh, little strip centers and, and maybe some office complexes, you don't want to jump into building a hospital. There are so many different parts and pieces to a hospital and infectious disease controls and things like that. Just because you might see this project doesn't mean it fits your company. So we want to make sure that the, the type of project uh, the scope, the type of work that we have to do, the the cost involved in it, and all the parts of the project actually fit your company. Do we have the expertise and the resources to perform well? Yeah, absolutely. And it, when you're choosing, what like, I think that it's hard for some contractors when they're, like, for instance, we're getting people more leads and then but we can't sort through all those leads for people. So it's like knowing when to say no is really, really important, especially when you're starting to get more leads and starting to get more prospective projects. Cause when you're early, you have to like, you have to take every single thing you can get. But when you're starting to get into it a little bit more, learning how to say no to the wrong projects is extremely useful. Absolutely. Uh, and that's where I go through with my clients a whole what I call a yes, no, maybe kind of process. And, and we set up a, almost like a filter that a, a series of questions that we ask about every project that comes in and say, you know, is it the type of projects that we work on? Is it in our geographical reach? Is it the right size? Is it the right client? You know, are we competing against 10 other people or are we competing against three other people? And, and through that process, we kind of, uh, we, we figure out how to rank that project. So if we're looking at a couple different leads, we can determine which ones we really, that really fit us and, and put our efforts into that one, not into one that doesn't fit us. Like I, I don't want to go, you know, try to build a hospital when the best thing I've built is a, you know, Applebee's restaurant. Right. Yeah. And I mean, knowing what your niche is and knowing like, that's how you get profitable. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you have very clear, if you just do Applebee's franchises and you know what you're, what you're good at and you can do that over and over and over again, that's how you get profitable. Cause now we have the system down yep. that makes sure that we have the right amount of uh, materials, this kind of stuff. And you can essentially start to template things. And that's to me where profit profit happens. Absolutely. And you can just even simpler, like look at a roofer. And if you do roofing and you do typical home shingle roofing, you've got a system down. Your people know how to do that. And if you 
decided tomorrow, oh, well, I'm going to go bid on this standing seam aluminum roof, and you've never done that before, you're going to struggle. Now, there's nothing wrong with trying to get into new markets, but do that in a protracted way. Like, make sure that we know what we're doing. We get people trained to go after that work. Like, I wouldn't, if you're a great roofing company, you got a good name, and people are starting to buy clay tile roofs. Well, then let's go learn how to do clay tile roofs. But the first one we do, we don't need to jump on, you know, this huge project to learn how to do it. We get the right projects and we build up the right way. Exactly. All right. So last one on the list. The last one uh, is, is is the right clients, right? And, yeah. and, and I'm sure uh, with you on the marketing side, you probably spend a lot of time with this with people, but uh, really what that's about is, is making sure that the, the customers are fit for you. Mm-hmm. We, we, don't all, we, we don't all work for the same customers, and not every customer is a fit for the service that we provide. Uh, I think a really good example of that, real quick, with a couple contractors that we work for, is one contractor really likes when people are hands-off, and the other contractor that we talk to, we, we ask people always, like, list your ideal customers. We come up with three existing ideal customers, and we just did this with somebody, and they said this person was super into the details. They wanted to choose every finish. And I said to, I said to them, I said, are you sure that's an ideal customer? And they said, yeah, we love that. For us, that's a good fit. We love when, when people tell us every little detail that they want, and it it weirded me out because they're so different than another contractor that we have. Yeah, I have a I have a client that's very similar to that. His his big focus with his company is the same thing. They want to work with that client from day one. They want to get in the weeds with them, and they want to help them go, you know, go on HGTV and look at different ideas for how they want to paint stuff mm-hmm. and everything. I like he really gets into that. That's but that's what he sells to them too. So. You know, he, he's going through that filtering process, too. If that client's looking for somebody to just come in and, you know, do a quick bathroom remodel or, or build a little home, he's like, they're not the right customer for me because I'm going to be too expensive because uh, they won't pay for the value that he provides. And, and then we, you just have price point like filters, right? Like it's OK to have, you know, if you're not if your remodel isn't over 150 yeah. If it's not from 150 to 300, we aren't the best fit. You could have a specific range and that really quickly could qualify people. And people are scared to do that because they don't want to like lose their sales pipeline. But just make sure it's a reasonable range and start to start to qualify people sooner in the sales process. Absolutely. Uh, I actually talked with one customer that, that does that. Right off the bat, that's one of the first things that comes out of their, How does he their say initial it? call. Uh, basically, she was telling me what, what they typically do is they, they'll start the conversation, and very early in the conversation, they'll ask the, uh, the, the prospect what their budget is for their like remodel, and their, whether it's a bathroom, kitchen, or a whole house remodel. And if they're reluctant to say, then she'll go into a whole thing of how that they've found that their sweet spot for them doing work is 75,000 to 150,000. And if it's less than 75,000, that they would be better off with other contractors that are in the market that can, you know, work on the smaller projects, but they bring a team to the project. So they need the larger projects. 
Um, and she said that uh, they didn't do that for years and, and it's worked much better. And she had the same issue. The, the, the rest of the management were like, well, we'll lose our opportunities. We can't lose those opportunities. And they tried it and they're better off now. And they, they, their win percentage went up considerably because they weren't wasting time pricing somebody that didn't fit into their wheelhouse. And then you can get more detailed with your estimates for the other people. Yep. Absolutely. You want, you know? That was that was one of the biggest things I learned uh, you know, at the large business side. They they do a, a lot of filtering on what projects they chase because, you know, in that in that arena we were chasing fifty hundred million dollar projects. So there's a lot that goes into that and you know, a company could invest $50,000 just in the marketing and estimating of, of a project like that. So obviously they paid a lot of attention to whether it's the right company to work for the right client because they didn't want to bid too many. They, they wanted to do full effort in developing the best proposal for that client. So we would limit how many people we would even give proposals to. And you kind of wonder, like, what does that say to the the best prospects when you're when you're a little bit more clear about that stuff? Do you know what I mean? What does that say to them? That says to them, what do you think it says to them, Tony? I, I think it's it, it's loud and clear that you care about them and that you care about what you do, right? Like you have, first of all, it shows that you have extreme confidence in what you're providing, right? Because you're you're telling a customer, look this is what I do. This is what I'm the best at. And, it, and if we're a good fit, then we're going to be fine. But if we're not a good fit, then I don't need to work for you. You need to go find someone else, right? It, it really shows to me a lot of confidence in your product, in the service that you provide, which builds a lot of trust with that, with that customer that we ultimately want to work with. Exactly. So I want to just kind of uh, wrap it up for people a little bit and yeah. talk like really briefly, how do you help contractors organize their systems and get better with their management when you, well, when do, you do consulting services with people? So what I typically do is, is in the very beginning, we kind of just sit down and, and uh, most of it's over the phone and we'll talk about what are the pain points that they're going through right now and, and we'll kind of dive into the company, understand what they're doing and, and figure out what, you know, what the first step is because every company's at different levels, different parts of the evolution of their company. So I try to really dig into where it is. I've got one customer right now that I just talked to yesterday and, and his focus, he's a real small guy getting started. And I'm like, don't worry too much about, you know, your systems yet you got to worry about marketing because you've got to get your name out there. You just started your business a year ago. You're just getting started. You're on the job every day. So you don't need a fancy management system yet. You need to focus on marketing and then we'll build him. And I have another client that had gotten past all that and he was spending too much time in the field. So I worked on with him to build systems so that he could allow the people in the field to perform the work and he can work in the office and how he can check up on them and stuff. So really it's up to the business what they need and, and we kind of work through it. Uh, I, I work a lot as a coach, so it's bringing out what's already there and helping them learn and, and improve themselves. It's not a, I don't bring in like some 
like we talked about in the beginning, those packaged like, oh, here's your here's your business in a box. Just use this and you'll be successful because it doesn't work that way. I appreciate that very much, man. I'm so looking forward to having you on the podcast again. I'm hoping you'll take my invite when I when I extend it again. Absolutely. And I sure uh, will. and I'm going to be on your podcast too. You could share the name of that so people can find you. Yeah, it's called the Contracting Coachcast, uh, and it's uh, you know available iTunes, Stitcher, all the places, all the apps, and everything else. So you can find that anywhere. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward Tim, to having you back on on uh, the podcast as well. That was a great episode we had, and I got a lot of feedback from it. So, and if you guys want a quick offer from um, Tony. He's got uh, contractingcoach.com slash next level. That's all one word, next level. Contractingcoach.com slash next level. And uh, you can connect with him and get some free gifts there. So check that out. It is the Next Level Contractor Podcast coming at you every Monday at 7 a.m., 30 minutes or less. No bullshit. And uh, brought to you by Hook Agency. It's Hook Agency all over social. And thank you so much, Tony, for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Talk later.